Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the state, value, and relevance of visual art. The art scene, the cool kids, the painters, videographers, photographers, performance artists, and the art they create. There are questions, of course, about the place for visual art in an age of digital media. We'll be discussing whether the prevalence of digital media and social media are enhancing the art world or morphing it into some kind of unrecognizable hype monster or something in between. Uh, In part, this conversation was prompted by Banksy's recent brilliant or obnoxious, depending on your perspective, stunt in which he remotely shredded a piece of his art after it sold at auction for $1.4 million. I'm sure everyone's seen this by now. If not, a quick Google search will show you that you can now buy it as a cell phone cover or a full reproduction, shredder included, for $50. Uh, Predictably, the piece went up in value after being shredded. Enough about Banksy. Uh, We have with us tonight some talented and accomplished artists who are willing to reveal their identities and don't resort to pranks to promote their work. (laughs) Or maybe they do, in which case that's fine. No judgment here. Uh, Let me introduce our guests very quickly. Uh, We have two special guests, working artists, here to try and give us an overview of the art world uh, and their respective places in it. Uh, For the first time on the show, we welcome Destiny, a 20-year-old painter and graphic artist, a visual artist from South Florida. Uh, She has her own brand, Mood Rich, and I'm glad to welcome her here tonight. Thanks for being here, Destiny. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, Also joining us is Josue Rojas, which is, I I hesitate to say a blast from the past, but like, you know, a blast from the past, a friend of the show who we haven't had on in a long time, but this seemed like the right uh, episode to bring you on. Josue uh, is an old dear friend and an accomplished painter, muralist, teacher, writer, videographer, uh, and is now running his own arts nonprofit in San Francisco, Acción Latina, Welcome, Josue. I can't say enough about how happy I am to have you here. It's great to see your face. Welcome. Thrilled. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for having me, everybody, for having me here. Hi, Word. Amy. Hi, Destiny. Word. Hello. Uh, and rounding out the crew tonight is, uh, you know, keeping us all in line, keeping us sounding good. Our venerable producer, Eming, Eming Piancai. Always a pleasure to have you here. Please chime in. You always chime in very selectively, but whenever you do, it's, it's like it's on point. Usually to roast me, but it's, it's, it's true. Most of the time you pop in, it's I, like I got I something wrong. I don't agree with that statement at all, but sure, take it. Take it. We take can it. go back and analyze I, it. No, we we're not. No, no, we're staying in the present. We're staying right, in the present. We're not right, going backwards. Moving on. Moving on. No hard feelings. Let me, I do want to start with you, Josue, just because I think that you can give us like a very broad overview, you know, your own experience in the visual art world kind of touches on so many different things. Like you were a young person, an illustrator as a teenager, getting paid to make art as a young person, you know, in part that experience led you to art school, like that, like very classic undergraduate art school world, even though you're kind of like a San Francisco city kid, uh, kind of a fish out of water in art school, as I recall, in a lot of ways. Um, And then you made your way as a painter and a muralist, drawing on, you know, political themes uh, and kind of using art to organize in San Francisco. And then you've got your MFA. Like, you know, you've had like a lot of touch points uh, and accomplishments in a lot of different worlds. You know what I mean? Like I, 
I went to go see, as you recall, I went to go see your MFA show at Boston University. And one of your instructors, I gave this pretty moving speech talking about, you know, why art school is important. And one of the beautiful things about it is that, you know, artists today, including you, you know, you through your teachers, you can trace yourself all the way back. He, the example he gave was Titian. You know, that's a very like high minded example, but it's a pretty profound illustration of, you know, the value of art school. Um, but now, you know, you're all, you're on 24th street in San Francisco talking about preserving murals and using art to try and preserve Latino culture in the mission. And those, those are very different worlds, but they're very cool worlds. Uh, I'm curious now, you know, this is kind of like maybe halftime in your career, or maybe it's premature to say it's halftime. Like, how are you feeling right now about the role of visual art, your place in it, you know, where it belongs, uh let's let's hear what you have to say about where things are man i think i think it's just a real interesting time in in visual in visual culture i mean everything that we do everything that we consume is visual right like you know you look at an ad you look at um you know stuff on social media the first thing that's going to draw you is the pictures so i think uh it's also been more democratized right i think you know, cats were really artists, you know, were really gravitating towards um, like bravado, a lot of males doing stuff, a lot of people doing stuff with that centered around the ability to draw. Um, and I think now things have gotten really democratized. I mean, you've got a lot more, um, it's just become a lot more open to people. So technology has allowed for a real good idea to be able to be fleshed out in a better way than if you had the ability to draw. So conceptual art, I think one of my favorite art forms, and I mean this sincerely, is memes, you know, um, like, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I think it's absolutely genius. Like you could, you know, uh, pair words and images in a way that's ironic, in a way that has cadence, in a way that um, that's funny, in a way that you can combine that with emojis and bitmojis. <clears throat> the ability to draw has almost come secondary. And then, you compound that with things like using an iPad Pro, that has just even further democratized, like, I mean, it's kind of mind-boggling what people can do. It's just kind of crazy what technology has allowed people to do. So there's all kinds of folks making really amazing stuff. I was just um I was just discussing uh with somebody. There's this hashtag that I follow that I love, and it's meant to start conversations with artists. It's called Draw This in Your Style. Anybody heard of this? Draw this in your style. I haven't. I haven't heard about it. So it's on Instagram. So if you go on draw this in your style, there someone puts up one of their illustrations and they put it out to the world and say, now here's this thing that I drew, like, you know, um, a redheaded, blue skinned uh, mermaid uh, with a pet lion. Now draw it in your style. So then someone else will do it and freak it and like do their version of it. And it ends up being really cool. Uh, and then so people are, taking these iterate these drawings and giving them all these different iterations. So, I mean, that part to me is really exciting because you get to see different people solve the same problems. It's like an online art school. And then all of a sudden, like I saw this person, like she put up these really great drawings. They weren't really drawings. It was like, it looked like someone just got like a movie, a, a picture of like, uh, what was it? It was, a it was that movie, The Professional. And uh, they got the character of uh, the young assassin's character, the female Natalie character. Portman's character. Natalie right? Portman's Natalie character. Portman, yeah. Yeah. That was her was first, like, yeah. yeah, that was a fantastic role. Like, And they just ran a filter through it, is what I thought. And I was like, yo, like, did you run a filter through this? And she's like, no, it's been, I spent hours and hours and hours illustrating this. So then I was just like, wow, like, 
the idea of what's a filter and what's like a drawing digitally, like it just kind of blows my mind. Anyway, I don't want to have yeah, too I mean, much time. No, no, that's, I, I'm very happy to hear you take this development like optimistically, right? I think it would be very easy to respond and just be like, art is dead because anybody could do art. You know what I mean? Like somebody like yourself, like who committed years of diligence to like honing your craft and like actually learning how to draw, you know, and then going to school and studying paint, I could see how people would feel like subverted or undermined where it's like, damn, well now anybody could do it. You know? I mean, I think uh, I've heard a lot of those conversations among musicians, right. Where like, you're like, yeah, man, like anybody with a laptop now could just like, like make a sick beat. And that is cool and democratizing, but in a lot of ways I've just heard people have a not optimistic take on it. So it's very encouraging to hear you be like, yeah, memes are my favorite form of art it's very Andy Warhol of you I think <laughs> to take that perspective <laughs> but I mean like you know if I if I I've gone different places and like I said hey kids like you know let's do murals like this thing can really you know um you when you make art with other people when you make art for yourself you walk away feeling like man something really special happened you know what I mean? Like when I make art and I just whether it's I come in from a place of joy or expressing some pain or whatever it is I always leave with that same feeling, like something really special happened. And I think um, that's something that I always wanted people to have. And I think it's it's fair for everybody to have that. Like, you know what I mean? So how's, how's it going to be that, you know, I'm going to be mad at somebody for doing it? Like, that just makes the world better. Like, you know, that, that famous adage, right? Hitler, before he became Hitler, like he applied to art school and got rejected. Like the world would have been hella different had he got accepted into art school. Like that's true, man. I was very nervous for you when you were applying for your MFA. I was like, Damn, if he doesn't get in, he's going to become a fascist and take over and invade Poland. Luckily, you got into a great program, so we didn't have to worry about that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, Destiny. I'm curious about your thoughts, just because your perspective is a little different. I think it's fair to say that you're early on in your career. Um, a lot of people might make an assumption that if a young person was getting into visual art, they would be doing primarily digital art. But it looks like from from what of your work that I've seen, you're doing a lot of like old school work. You're putting like brush to canvas. Is that is there a significance in that or are you also doing digital stuff? Or you're just like, whatever. Actually, I started painting before I st- I just started doing digital work like a few months ago, actually before I started painting and I actually am a visual arts major right now. So this is my second year I'm in school. So I have, um, my major is visual arts. So the way that the curriculum is set up is that I take different classes. So I have digital classes, I have Photoshop classes, I have drawing, I have painting, I have all these different things. So I think that, like I agree with what he was saying that it's like super, super different now than from what it used to be. There's a lot more access to different things. And um, I mean, I try to do a little bit of everything. I try to but be you well-rounded you started, as far as art. You say you started with painting, though, right? So what, yeah, how did that happen? How, how old were you? Like, mm. how did you get a brush in your hand? I started painting, like, th- maybe three years ago. Okay. Well, um, I guess technically, you know, finger painting would count, right? That's where it, it all starts <laughs> for all of us, you know? It's yeah, like when, like when you're We're baby. the best artists yeah. when we're, like, two years old, you know what I mean? And then we get worse yeah. and worse as we get older. But you're saying three years ago you, you started mm-hmm. working with canvas and paint? And yeah. what was the impetus for that? Was that just you needed a creative outlet and that's what you found? I just needed an outlet in general because yeah. it, at, during that time, because I'm young, so I just graduated high school at that time. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have much interest. I had played sports, got bored with that. 
I went into the medical field and got certifications. That wasn't it. So I just needed to figure out what I wanted to do. So I tried expressing myself in different ways. And then like, I just started, my uncle had bought me some watercolor paint. So I was like, no, let me just try this. And I actually really loved it. So I just kept pursuing it and kept doing it and doing it. And like, I just fell in love with it. So you're just one of those people who's just good at whatever you try. You show no. up, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to play sports. I'm going to no. go in the medical field. Now I'm going to be a visual artist. No, that's, that's fantastic. I, I am interested in um, some of the imagery, just like, you know, when we were looking at some of this stuff together before uh, the show. So I noticed, obviously, my I thought they were French fries. They look like they're actually dismembered fingers, but there's like an airplane dropping hearts onto what looks like a bucket of dismembered fingers uh one of my other favorites obviously is the old english 40 bottle with the skeleton hand holding it brought back a lot of old english memories of my youth um or memories that i never made because i don't remember what happened (laughs) but um those are unique and dynamic visuals like where and i see there's like another image uh with a hand kind of emerging from the sea like Talk a little bit about that imagery. Like, what is your source material? Like, are you having dreams? Are you watching movies? Are you reading mythology? Is it spiritual, religious? Like, where? what's your what's your inspiration? I, I think music influenced my art a lot. As far as, like, the colors I use and the imagery in it, like, the fingers, the eyeballs, the sunflowers, all that. I think music is definitely, like, my biggest influence. For my what art. kind of music? I like, listen to all types of music. So where, okay, so you have an airplane dropping hearts on uh, a bucket of severed fingers. Is that a Post Malone song? No, it's not. I always no, mention no. Post Malone on no, this show. No, people start, no, people no, start to make no, fun no. Of me. We're not going down what? that road this time. We already did it last I mean, week. I We're done. To... We're Post Malone. See, I told you, Eming, every time you chime in, it's to roast me. That's, see? I proved my point. Sorry, Destiny, you've been dragged into something that's got nothing to do with you. I, I mentioned Post Malone a lot on this show. That's it. That, that's why I gave it as okay. a but no, no, I, I mean, like I, Post Malone, but that wasn't Post Malone. So, but is it like actual literal imagery? Someone's talking about hands and music. It's lyricism, or are you just kind of no. like the, the sounds themselves are inspirational. I think it's the sounds and like usually whatever I'm feeling or like whatever emotion, emotional state I'm in, I like to find music that you know adds on to that. So maybe like I don't remember what I was playing, what exact song I was playing during that, but I know I was listening to like Tame Impala, nice. like a whole al- a whole album straight through. Yeah, that's a good start. When, uh, you know, Josue and I used to work in the studio together. We made a comic together years ago. There was always music playing and the music always figured into the imagery. You know, it wasn't high art imagery. It was a comic with lots of sophomoric humor. But, you know, uh, we still we still drew the inspiration from the music. Uh, I'm curious, before I go back to you, Josue, I want to ask you, Destiny, about what, you know, you're in school right now. You're in art school. (laughs) You're with other young people who are kind of like feeling their way uh, through this craft and, you know, inevitably thinking about what a career or a profession might look like. Are people having those conversations about, um, you know, how art might be marketable or how these skills might be marketable or developing certain skills or are people more committed to developing the craft and, you know, kind of a stereotypical maybe bohemian lifestyle what are you noticing among your peers Mm, probably both I guess I guess it depends on I don't even want to say it depends on the major actually a lot of students it depends on 
you know, what your courses are, but there's a lot of classes that are studio classes, but it's just not studio. You go in and do what you want. The professors ask you, like, where do you see yourself? Where is this going conceptually? Do you see yourself doing graduate school? Like, they kind of force that thought upon you. So I don't think anybody really just walks around like, you know, like, I'm just here trying to, you know, do my art. Everybody kind of, like, has a, a plan, you know, a plan right now or where they see themselves. So I think it's it's kind of like a mixture of both. Yeah. So what's your plan? Not to put you on the spot. I'm sure everybody's asking <laughs> you this all the time. But I'm just curious, where, where do you see this taking you? Like, what role, do, what, what place do you want to have in the art world, if any? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, just keep making I'm dope not... art and then <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds I like mean, I'm hoping thing. to develop, just trying to become a better artist as far as, like, my craft and, like, just trying to perfect everything. So it's kind of like, this is only my second year, so I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And trying to learn the business aspects and like art history and things like that. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was actually what I was going to ask Josue about because uh, as part of, you know, the nonprofit that he's heading now in San Francisco, they have a gallery and I've been to a couple shows there. It's a really nice space. They always choose incredible work. Uh, but I don't know what's going on in the gallery right now. Josue, I, I was going to ask you um, what's hanging on the walls at, uh axion latina and uh what kind of events you might have coming up what kind of work are you are you showcasing the gallery it's funny you should ask man i mean really it, as we deal with like other realities in the city right uh gentrification um and lots of changes people getting displaced particularly it's always artists are at the center of gentrification right generally they're the first people to show up in a spot and make that spot pop in by you know, making it beautiful and then making it safe and then making it desirable. And then come the businesses, then come the tourists, then come the, you know, mural tours and coffee shops and all these other spots that, you know, get their success due to the way the artists change a space. Um, I'm thinking about that a lot, you know. So in the mission, we've had at least 70 years, 50 years of artists really making that space great. And then, um, so we've also got masters, you know, we've got people that have really made that space what it is. Uh, most recently, uh, we've had a lot of people pass away, founders of the of the visual culture. Uh, Rene Yanez in the mission, who is one of the fathers of, you know, Day of the Dead celebration. We have Yolanda Lopez, you know, one of the pioneer Chicano female artists. But, you know, what makes our space kind of unique is that we've been around for 48 years. And we got young people that are still really interested. So how do I balance, like me as the director of the space, like how do I balance like, all right, how do I make it popping for the people who've been contributing for almost 50 years um, to the newspaper, to the visual culture of the mission, and also uh, make it popping for young people, people who are making their stuff, making their art now, who are in their 20s. And I made a promise to, to myself that like, you know, growing up for me, it was like, oh, the 60s are so great. Like Chicano culture, Latino culture, the Chicano movement in the 60s, that's when it was popping. Or um, woke, what we would now call woke culture, revolutionary culture. Like, man, those 60s were, were popping. And, you know, Black Panthers and all of these things, like Huey P. Newton and, and the Bay Area and, like, all these things really, like, fed my visual imagination. But now, to me, it's like I really want young people – I mean, they still refer to that, right? The Laurel Riders and the Cholo culture and tattoo art. Um, and of course, hip hop. I mean, think about that. Hip hop is pushing 50. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been 30 years since Basquiat died. Um, like this stuff is really something like, so, um, urban culture is really changing and shifting. Um, so to me, it's like, all right, how do bringing in young people to have conversations with old people is kind of where it gets kind of exciting, right? Like, you know, some of our, some of our folks really, um, are having really empower, powerful, important gender conversations. Um, you know, like uh, I've, we we hosted a conversation just you know randomly. You know, a young a young woman and an older man were talking about the power of Latinx or Latinx, however you want to say it. Like you know, taking the gender out of Latino or Latina. And I think the part that makes me excited is when I see people having these conversations, like facilitating. All right, this is the time of the passing of this torch or the passing of this. Um, baton as it were right you're gonna you know we're gonna have to let this go um and you have the right you know young people to cast this image in your own likeness you know what i mean like you don't have to make it look like the stuff in the past it should look like what's the way you see the world and um i think it's really kind of humbling in several different ways to like be a part of that transition yeah i mean i that's why i mentioned you know, the gallery and the space, just in the times that I've been there, you know, it's a lot more than a gallery. It's a lot more than a nonprofit. It's a, it's a community where all those different generations of artists and organizers um, are kind of finding a place to have those conversations, even if whatever, they're disagreeing. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's, there would be plenty of visual artists in there who would be maybe more grouchy about what you're talking about, you know, for access to digital media, or there will be young people that would be like, who's Basquiat? That, that art looks whack. You know what I mean? Like, but there's like, there needs to be space for that, you know, destiny. I'm curious. So I, you know, Josue is talking about the importance of that community of artists. Do you, are you plugged into a similar community? What kind of places are you showing your art? Like what kind of, are you finding that community at school um, like what, where, where have you seen visual art create a sense of community or at the very least, you know, create spaces for um, showcasing that work and, and having conversations? Oh, there's so many, whether it's like school or just like the art community in general in Miami is just like super open, especially as far as like the older, much more experienced artists getting with the younger artists that are trying to, you know, develop and become better. I've definitely, definitely come across a lot of people that were open to like having conversation and pushing conversation and just like trying to connect like the past and now and just seeing how all that comes together is definitely like inspiring. Like I wish that there was more galleries that were open to that. Because as far as galleries go, it's a little bit different. But when I what I'm talking about is like the art scene, like uh, the like an underground scene, like young people that come together and throw their own events or their own galleries, not necessarily like the professional galleries. But I would like to see more professional galleries and those people reach out to the younger people. But it's a little bit more difficult, I think. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in New York, and Josue is obviously talking about the art scene in San Francisco. I don't know very much about the art scene in Miami and I'm, you know, kind of curious to hear a little bit more. Like you're talking about there's a long history there and there's a new kind of group of young people making their own scene. What is the art scene in Miami? 
as like far as the young people or like galleries? Yeah, I mean, I know like there, there's a lot to cover, obviously, but I'm just curious as someone who hasn't spent that much time there and isn't that familiar about the world down there. Is it vibrant? Is it thriving? Is there a lot of cool stuff going on? Mm, yeah, it's definitely thriving and it's definitely changing. What kind of change? What kind of change are you seeing? Changing as in, I think it's becoming more open to different types of art. That's great. Are you seeing that like kind of play out for yourself and other young artists that are being welcomed, welcomed into that world? What does that look like? I'm kind of like in the, in between with that one in the middle. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's very complicated to find places that have a good name and that you can trust with your art and guiding you in the right direction. Like there's, I'm not sure if you ever heard of this place called Wynwood, Miami. Yeah, it's uh, the Wynwood Walls. They're famous. It's world famous uh, yeah. mural district. There yeah. you go. I'm glad you're here, Elsway. Because so, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's something that it's, I love it as an artist, but as somebody who has, you know, tried to like push art out there, it's definitely like political. Like, I think it's a little more difficult because of like, needing i don't know if you need like i don't know what it is or who runs everything that goes around in there but some people might hate me for this but a lot of the murals are kind of just like old (laughs) like they don't they they stay up there for months and months and i know plenty of people who have tried to apply or tried to at least speak to somebody like hey we want to can we get on the walls or how much does it cost or just things like that and it's extremely difficult i don't think there's as much openness when it comes to things like that but I think that it's changing. I think there's a shift. Right. Well, the other thing is, wait, I always say this wrong. So don't make fun of me for mis- mispronouncing it. Is it Art Basel? Is that how you say it? <laughs> or is it Basel? Basel. Basel? I was kind of close. I always say it wrong, no matter what. And then um, Kanye said it Basel recently in a song. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then it really stuck with me. Do you know the one I'm talking about on the lip? Anyway, not important. I'm going to blame Kanye for my mispronunciation. Basel? Yes, it's Basel. All right. Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) Uh, How relevant is that for you as a young artist? I mean, that's like rich people from all over the world getting together. I mean, it's like it's been parodied over and over again. It's like, you know, people drinking champagne and martinis on on yachts and buying paintings. Uh, What does it look like on the ground? What does it look like for a young artist who's in Miami? Oh, it's crazy, but it's fun. Yeah? It's like everything. It's it's inspiring. It like, you get all different types of ideas, meet all different types of people. You meet different artists, artists that are not in galleries or not displaying their work, but are just out there like showcasing themselves and their stuff. It's definitely fun. So it's accessible then. It's not like exclusive events, like you're saying, like galleries that would be keeping out younger people or whatever. There's a whole spectrum of accessibility um, throughout the events. Yeah, that's good to hear. How many have you been to? Like two. Is there one coming up? I feel like there's one coming up. Isn't it in the wintertime? It's always in December. December. See, I got that right. I can't pronounce it, but I have like a vague sense of when it happens. Uh, so do you have plans for uh, Art Basel this year, Destiny? Yeah, actually, me and one of my friends have been working on putting like an event together. Obviously, it's not like a gallery event, but it's something for like the underground scene 
just artists that want to display and showcase and just get together and like catch a vibe, you know? Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. I would love to hear more about it now that you've been on the show. Maybe if you're interested, you could contribute something uh, from your experiences there, even whatever, just some photos or, you know, you could write something up about your experience because you're there. It's a huge cultural event. Um, and we'd love to feature something uh, from that on the site if you're open to it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just an idea. But I also want to make sure that people know uh, that when we post this online, we're going to be able to give you some samples of Destiny's work. It's kind of funny that we're doing a podcast about visual art because that's really the only medium where you can't see visual art. But thank God we have a website and where people are listening and streaming, we'll put up some links so that you can see Destiny's art. It's incredible. Um, and we'll put some links up there so that you can see some of the work that Josue is doing in San Francisco to use art to build community there in the Mission District and beyond. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being here. I think this was very enlightening for me. I mean, it's not very, it, it's pretty easy for me to learn things because there's all kinds of stuff I don't know. But I was like very encouraged, I think, initially by Josue, your optimism about how you know, the use of digital arts and democratization of, of visual art is like a positive thing. And then, you know, to hear from you, Destiny, that, you know, a, a world-class event uh, such as Art Basel is accessible to young people who are making art. So, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. Yiming knows this. I say this all the time. I'm, I'm optimistic to a fault, uh, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not moving away from it. So it's good to hear those thoughts reinforced. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being here, Destiny and Josue. This was an illuminating conversation. I want to thank our listeners, uh, and I want to thank you being our producer as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time, quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.